Hello, and welcome to the Present Moment Podcast. We have Marnie Kennedy as our guest today. Hello, Marnie. I'm so glad to be here with you. Joe and I are thrilled to have you as our guest, so thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Marnie Kennedy is the founder of Mindful Pathways Health and Wellbeing. For over 30 years, Marnie has pursued a path of yoga and contemplative practice as essential tools for well-being and happiness. Marnie is a native Oklahoman and graduate of the University of Oklahoma with a BA in history. One of her greatest joys has been raising five sons. She has been an active volunteer for education, learning differences, and mental health. Marnie has been teaching since 2006 and enjoys sharing these natural resources we all have for enhanced health, healing, and growth. She encourages her students to bring a kind, light-hearted approach to their practice because being kind to yourself creates real change in your life. Well, Marnie, you are such a fabulous person, and you do so much for our community. And I can't believe you've been practicing for over 30 years. Well, I need to update. It's really 35 years now. I'm getting older, Mom. 30. Well, you don't look it. You don't look it. So keep doing what you're doing. I want to know, how did you get to, to where you are today? And I would love for you to tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Oh, you're sweet to ask. Well, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, back in 19... 19- 87, I lived in Wellesley, Massachusetts for about a year, and a friend invited me to a yoga class at the college gym. And so I went, and when I left, my back felt better, I felt better, and I just fell in love with it. So before I moved back to Oklahoma, she gave me a yoga book, and I practiced out of that book for years because there was not a yoga studio. In, in Oklahoma, and Diane Jackson was a native Oklahoman, and she knew she was a, pra- a yoga practitioner way before Oklahoma knew about yoga. And she moved back from California, opened up the first yoga studio, and that's when I went to my first workshop, and I realized I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so I went to Tia's Little's training. And because I was curious, I wanted to know more, and I really wasn't planning to teach. And then when I got back, a friend said, will you teach at our gym? And I, oh, you know, I was a little hesitant, but that's, that's really was my, the beginning of my journey of teaching, exploration, and learning, because I feel like I'm just continuing to keep learning. It's really been a joyful journey. Absolutely. Yeah. You're talking about uh, learning, sounds like you're a lifelong uh, learner. What are some of your biggest nuggets, if you will, that uh, yoga has taught you and mindfulness and meditation, all those practices? Well, I think it's funny. When I went to my first yoga training, I I had a mindfulness teacher, and she really, um, she just made mindfulness so practical. Mm -hmm. And I think the one thing that made sense that I took away from that training, it was just like a light bulb. She said, you know, you re- it really would make a difference if you, when you wake up in the morning, just first thing, if you check in with the weather of your mind, um, you know, you might wake up with sunny skies and that's great. Or you might wake up with cloudy, stormy skies. And I like to add, if you, you know, get 
The Oklahoma wind swept, sweeps you off your feet. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, life is like that. And so um, she just, you know, if you know what kind of mind you've woken up with, you can just move through your day, be more intentional in what you say and do. And it just made so much sense to me. Um, it just really helped me with the stressors in my life and being more present for my children. Um, that made a huge difference for me and just being connected with the people that I love. So it's just, it's been a wonderful journey. It really has. I love, love that. There's so many definitions of mindfulness, and I think you captured that well about being present, checking in with yourself first thing in the morning. Um, can be so beneficial. And I know I imagine five boys, Molly said, right. you need to have a lot of yeah. awareness and being present with that, I'm yeah. sure. Mm. And uh, keeping on uh, task with this thing about learning, it looks like you've gone and done some uh, additional learning or training out in San Diego, San Diego with yes. the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction yeah. Program. And then you're one of the few practitioners here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Share with our listeners what that entails. Well, what is really unique about mindfulness-based stress reduction is John Kabat-Zinn. I mean, he was one of the pioneers of mindfulness mm -hmm. and first researchers. Um, he just has a unique background. His father was a scientist. His mother was a painter. And, and his, really? yeah, and his program was born out of his own background, really. So in 1971, he um, was getting his Ph.D. at MIT in molecular biology. And at the time, he had his own yoga meditation practice. And he really could clearly see that interplay between the mind-body connection and how it influences our health. And so um, he wanted to do something meaningful. So he developed this program for UMass General Hospital, um, and it's for the most, you know, chronic um, patients with chronic disease and pain. And really, most of them had exhausted all their options, and they really had no hope. And so he developed this program for them, and it was just like it, they, he got such positive results that it just really took off. And that's when he knew he had to start doing the research and back up, you know, the data with the, these results. And so there's been over 40 years of research on mindfulness, yeah, and, and just and the neuroplasticity of the brain. So it's really remarkable, and he's done an amazing job. But what's neat about the program is that it's it's an eight-week program, it's experiential, and it builds on itself. Mm. And um, so it's really just teaching people mindfulness skills that um, how, how to manage stress, chronic pain, and really improve self-care because we know that's what affects our health. Um, but it's a variety of practices. So you're going to walk away with some practice. But it includes, like, movement, even communication. And that's a really, really fun. And we need that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but it's all centered around being more present and aware. And awareness is key. You know, if we're not aware of our habits that impact 
have stress levels because then we wouldn't need a pack. So more awareness, more possibility. We can respond in a way that brings more ease, connection, less stress. We do stress really well. <laughs> yes, we do. Some days better than others. But you know what's neat? At the very end of this eight weeks, we do an all-day retreat, and it's bringing all the practices together, and it's a real learning moment for sure. everyone. And it's like everybody has this sense of accomplishment. It's like we've climbed a mountain. They really feel like they've climbed a mountain. It's yeah. huge what they've done. And so it's really great fun at the very end to see them just kind of all together. It's a great program. And if I remember right, you did this with the Center for Mind, Body, Spirit a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yes. In that, an eight-week program? Yes, she yeah. did. Yes, it was very successful. And we have had many people asking if you could please come back. <laughs> Back to John Kabat-Zinn, I just think this is the coolest thing ever that you studied. You studied with him. Do you still keep in touch? Or um, well, I tell you, he, he really is remarkable. I got to go to um, a training with him. It was five years ago. I think he was like seventy-five years old, and there were two hundred people in the training. And we would start at six thirty in the morning and end at nine o'clock at night. And he led the entire thing. I mean, talk wow. about inspiring. Yes. And it, yeah, so he it, it was just inspiring. And and it just shows. Yeah. Yeah. What mindfulness. Can it does. Do. <laughs> he truly is the founder. We have several of his books and resources at the center. Yeah. So to hear that you studied under him is yeah. just that's, that's really neat, Marnie. Yeah. I'd like to um, ask you a little bit about General Somatic Movement, since you will be presenting next week for the Center for Mind, Body, and Spirit. Can you tell us a little bit about what is General Somatic Movement and what we can expect from your session next week? I'm excited to share it with you guys. <laughs> um, it, it, somatic Movement has a special place in my heart. <laughs> And the reason being is, like, free, easy, comfortable movement is essential in life. The more we move, the better we feel. Absolutely. And it really adds to the quality of our life. And I learned that in my, my own father, who lived to almost be 100 years old, I think that we keep moving, you know. Yeah. And but that was not always the case for me, you know. Um, like in my early 20s, I had to quit jogging because of my knees. The doctor said I was bone on bone, and then my back was going out. And I thought, oh, it's genetics. My mother had a bad back. I mean, she would come home from work with a um, back muscle spasm, had to take a relaxant, and then go to bed. And that's kind of how they did it back in those days. And I knew I didn't want to live my life that way. No. <laughs> no, no, no. And so it's interesting because when people start feeling pain and stiffness in their body, they move less, and then they they think it's the in, inevitable yes. part of aging. It's genetics. <laughs> and they don't think they have much control over it. And um, But I really do think we can make a difference. And, and somatics, like muscle pain is usually, most often, it's functional and not structural. And it's a result of a full-body reflex pattern. And that's what causes the functional disorders, you know, the neck, the shoulders, the jaw pain. I mean, we hear that so often. I got a low back, <laughs> hips, knees, and, and feet. And I, I started going through that, and I thought, you know, I've had all those things except jaw pain. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, you know, so somatics addresses the root cause of pain. 
those results with my students. And then I'm 62 now, and my body feels better than when I was in my 20s. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So what's the statement you said about um, structure? That muscle pain, and I'll explain it a little bit more. So, but but it's 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 usually functional, a result of a full body reflex pattern. We're structural; our bones are out of alignment. Okay. But actually, when we have tight muscles, it pulls our bones out of alignment. Like okay. s- structural. D- does that kind of make, yeah, sense? That makes yeah, sense? Yeah, exactly. So, I would like to explain a little bit because Please. it really is unique and different mm. from other movements, but. Um, so, but the best part is very gentle. It's very effective to release those tight muscles, and it um, we never push into pain <laughs> or deep stretch. And very often, you know, when something's going on in our body, do you find yourself like, oh, if I just stretch my back mm-hmm. a little bit more, and really it can tighten muscles, you know, more because of the stretch reflex. So there's there's definitely a specific way of releasing tight muscles, and um, people don't realize that tight muscles originate in the nervous system. <laughs> and I always, did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So you know we can do all these massages and stuff and chiropractor, but it's more passive. The change really has to happen in the nervous system. Yeah. See, this makes sense because I read that um, somatic movement helps to get you out of that fight-or-flight response and calms down your nervous system and brings you into that relaxation stage. So that makes a lot of sense to me that it originates in the yeah. nervous system. Yeah. So you're, you're yeah. on the right track. Is that right? Okay. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. So I would like to explain yes, a little please. bit to you. So, um, so Matt, it teaches us how to release these chronically tight muscles. Those muscles that don't relax no matter what we do. And what I mean by so the brain has literally learned to hold the muscle tight. <laughs> so, it, and that's when it becomes unconscious and involuntary. So it's just like how you've learned to ride a bike. Okay. It's just, it's going to be automatic. And so, but when it happens like that, then we lose our ability to sense and feel the muscle, and we lose smooth control of the muscle. But there's a saying in somatics. <laughs> If you can sense and feel it, you can change it. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So once you learn how to release the tight muscle, you can start to sense and feel again. (laughs) Well, I think you're going to lead us at the end of today's podcast in about a two to three minute exercise, right? Right. So. And I think that that statement and that little bit of information is going to interest so many people. I want to hear yes. more, of course, but I'm just saying yeah. that in and of itself yeah. is a game changer. And we're about to tell you I want to know more. next best <laughs> You want to know how, so how you release these yes. tight muscles. This is kind of the fun part. If you want to join me, you can. But we release it through the method of pandiculation. So, <laughs> pandiculation is a big word. Pandiculation. But anyway, it's like a yawning stretch. And think, animals do it all day long. And we might do it once in the morning. <laughs> and, you, and you can do it with me in just a minute. But, um, so they do it. I think of your dogs and cats. Every time they get up, they do it. And so, it's like this yawning stretch. And there's three steps in it. And I'm going to kind of, you know, show you. You contract into an already tight muscle, you wake up the brain with new information, then it's a slow 
lengthening and a release, a learning phase of the brain, <laughs> and then a <sighs> complete relaxation. The, you, you teach the brain to let go of the, the muscle, and then you don't do that in all the movements. But I'm giving you an exaggerated right. version. Right. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what's neat is once you learn this brain-muscle connection um, and re learn how to re-educate the muscles to let go and relax, people are empowered to help themselves. And that's the best part yes. of it all. Yes. <laughs> like, if there's anything that I want to get across in my teaching with people, there's always hope. Right. <laughs> because people come to massage pain in their bodies and they don't have hope. Absolutely. Yeah. And they become, it becomes very frustrating and overwhelming when, when they're in pain. I know I have a lot of neck pain and I'm like, why can't I carry my stress like in my abs? <laughs> why does it have to be in my neck, you know? Right. And it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, why, you know, why is it? So, so I appreciate what you're saying. So thank you, you know, for validating that because that is very true. And I think it's important to um, be kind to ourselves and bring kindness to to our practice. Would you yeah. agree that that's also an important thing to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because usually when I'm teaching, I see people really push past their body, their, their limits. And you're really just signaling the alarm in the nervous system to self-protect and mm -hmm. tighten up. And that's exactly what we're not trying to do. And that that's really hard <laughs> for people, Molly, because that's our habit is to we think it's kind of a survival mechanism, you know, more self-judgment, self-criticism. The harder they, people think the harder they are on themselves, they're going to get better. Mm -hmm. and, and research so shows it's opposite, you know. And so I really encourage people to um, respond to, to their bodies, not be damaging to it, respond to the stressors um, the same way with the same kindness, care, and understanding you would a friend. Sure. It goes a lot longer, a longer way for us, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, it's just huge, but that's a practice in itself. Right. Also. Absolutely, yeah. being yeah. compassionate and kind. And before you lead us in this wonderful relaxing exercise, I want to ask you one last question. Um, it's my understanding you teach a mindfulness class at Arcadia Trails, which is our brand new inpatient, world-class addiction treatment center right down the street in Edmonds. And I just was going to have you tell our audience a little bit about w what that class looks like. Um, well, I just teach them um, the mindfulness and really just learning to be more present and aware with a little bit more balance and less reactivity. I mean... <laughs> You know, it, it just goes a long way if we can just slow down and pause and, and take a moment to respond in ways that are more helpful, bring more ease and connection. You know, we, we're just very good at creating more stress. So very simple things of bringing everyday mindfulness, weaving it into their everyday life, making it doable. It's not a huge thing. Sure. And I think they really appreciate that. They do. That. We yeah. have received such great feedback, and we appreciate you so much for going out there and helping our, our people and our patients. I enjoy it. They're, they're really wonderful. I really grow fond of them. Well, they love you. They love you. It's a beautiful facility. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And they really appreciate the, the garden, the... Mm -hmm. 
the center that, that they can go out and walk. There's people's peacefulness. They listen to the birds, look at the nature, and it's it's just. I mean, they're able to practice mindfulness just in that, and that's something they can take home. With last, them. last time I was out there, there were deer in the parking lot. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, those are just little simple things to help restore our nervous system. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think now is a good time for you to, to lead us in a gentle somatic exercise. Well, and I didn't tell you everything about the somatics, but the other unique thing is, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it right now, but you're releasing tension in the center of the body that enables us to move. Freely. You know, we can twist, turn, reach in all directions. And so that's where it's really, you're releasing those tension patterns in the center. So then we can move and walk without added tension, overtaxing the body with muscles. And um, so that's really what, so that's what I'll start with. We release tension in the front, the back, and the sides, release the rib cage, and lengthen and rotation of the spine. But we'll begin with... Think in terms when you're maybe at your desk and you're attacking your emails and you find yourself, you're arching and looking like that and your back tightens up. Well, they become habituated. And we forget to let go and relax. Anyway, and then the next thing is, or we've had a really long day and we're just kind of, we start slumping at the computer and we collapse in the chest and all, you know. Yeah. And, and we don't really, and then we get up and start doing something, there's still tension yes. there and and so we've you've got to intentionally let go and relax so you can kind of reset things yeah so I thought we'll we'll just do like if you're at your desk you can do a little bit of um, arching and curling and we'll do a little bit of that but maybe come to the front of your chair because we need that so our pelvis can move <laughs> and um, just begin by placing one hand on the belly one hand back in the lower and just sensing how you're, you're, notice where you feel tension right now, guys. Do you feel it in your belly or your back? <laughs> My back. Yeah. Okay, okay. So here we go. Let's, your pelvis can roll forward and backwards just gently in, in those little knobby sits bones. You know, feel that. Kind of roll back behind. And you feel the tension in the belly, the back lengthens. Now, we're not going to use our back to come up. We're going to inflate, melt the tension in the front and just come back up to neutral. Yeah. And then roll forward of the sits bone, and you feel a little gentle contraction in the back. This is the pendiculation. We hold tension in the belly. We hold our breath. Can you take a breath? Let your belly go. Yeah. And then slowly, slowly melt the back. And we'll do it one more time. Round back behind. Back lengthens. And then look straight ahead, too. And then gently come forward. And then come forward into a little arch. But let your back of your neck get long. You know, yeah, bring your chin down a little bit. And take a moment to breathe. Let your belly go. And then just soften back to neutral. Just a little beginning. Now place one hand on the lower belly, one hand on the chest. Because it helps to feel in our body. We're going to roll back behind. And let your chest collapse now. Feel the tension in the front. Breathing. And then we're going to melt back out of it. And then roll forward. Feel the space lengthen. Feel the work the back of the work muscles. Take a moment to breathe. Are you holding your breath? And then melt your back muscles. And then just letting go. Make sure your back is let go. Your brain's let go of the muscle. Now place your hands on top 
And now we'll just kind of grow the movement, roll back behind, let your chin come down, and then gently melting out of it. And then inhale, roll forward, looking up. Let your shoulders come back a little bit. Take a moment to breathe in your belly. Let go. And then gently melting back. We'll do it one more time each way, rounding chin down. And then inflating back up. And one last time, inhale, looking up, shoulders coming back. Let your belly go, just softness and breathing. And then gently coming back to neutral. Then look straight ahead and just see if you can just sense the openness through the front of your chest. Can you let your belly be relaxed? Your back relaxed. This is called seated awareness. Yeah, learning to let, notice when you're tensing up in the back of the belly, letting it go and remembering to breathe. A little simple thing you can do in the middle of the day when you catch yourself either overarching or slumping. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that feels great. I love that. And I um, had to really pay attention <laughs> to soften the belly to breathe. That's what got me. Mm -hmm. Is that normal? It's very normal. I really didn't go in through the whole explanation, yeah. but it's very, very normal. So you, you're you're learning those about those. If you don't know your habits, you can't do anything different. Because I was holding that everything right. in my chest. I mean, that's all just shallow breathing. You know? uh -huh. So that's like, oh, I've got to relax right. my belly. Right, and that's why people are not really breathing well because yeah. they're still tensing. They have no idea they're tensing their belly. Right. So little things like that, you learn your own tension patterns. You learn how to, and then you recognize them, and then you can move to more improved movement patterns. So posture, breathing improves, energy levels improve because you're not overtaxing the body. I didn't go into the full thing because there's three specific reflexes, but yeah, that's why I'll, I'll we'll say that for next. Yes, yes, exactly. But they gave you a sense that you you could catch on to that so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I was like, I'm just holding everything in my chest, all of that air. And, and you said, I said, oh, so.